welcome. We're back with another season of the Gordie Howe Hattrick. I am your host, Carno Sarkar, and it is October 8th, 2023, right before the start of the NHL regular season. I'm joined with my co-host, as always. We have Stenberger 1. Hold on. I don't, I don't and know we have Stenberger, Stenberger 2. One. <laughs> I guess I'm the older one. The one that came, yeah. the one that came first. <laughs> I, thought we were, I thought we were doing rankings or something like that. I was like, what, what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, Always you never checked. Always be number one. Don't you worry. Yeah. You never <laughs> checked the that. ESPN power rankings for uh, Stenbergers? It yeah, goes Clem, uh, Wrigley, Rachel... <laughs> Nick, Nate. Oh, it's, yeah. yeah, see, he goes from bottom to top. That's how I that even, works. I didn't even place metal. <laughs> didn't even get bronze. Yeah, that's unreal. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, Good to be Nick back. Nick barely Good made the back. podium. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good to be back. take over the bronze medal. But, yeah, no, it was uh, it was quite the summer. I mean, uh, we had Vegas knocking out Florida in the, the finals. I mean, what a Cinderella story that was. Um, you know, I, I, I think Florida was – one of the teams that was really supposed to be uh, just squeaking into the playoffs. And I think they made the playoffs because the uh, Blackhawks knocked out Pittsburgh in the last week of the season to miss the playoffs by one point. So um, I, I think that's a blessing in disguise for some Detroit fans. But um, I don't know, Florida gave it their all and had a couple big upsets, including Boston, to start the playoffs. And um Really interested to see them this this year to see if uh, they can keep that momentum going. What's wild is uh, last year, I think the start of our podcast kind of coincided with the trade of Huberto for Chuck. And mm-hmm. I was very critical of Florida because I thought Chuck was kind of, I, I don't think actually he contributed. He really was the main contributor of their success. I mean, it is a team effort. Um, mm-hmm. But like, I, I'm looking back on that, there are many regrets of the things I've said about that Florida team because uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Huberto is not looking great in Calgary. And did not uh, age well. No, uh, did not. Uyghur, they got a draft pick and another prospect with it. And I mean, Huberto got immediately signed at 10 and a half mil, but he, I think he was my first round draft pick last year for fantasy and my team did not do so hot with him <laughs> at the helm, which, uh, which is unfortunate, but he'll be looking for a bounce back year because otherwise they're going to have to Tear it down uh, up in Calgary. They kind of already. Well, we'll talk about that more. I mean, Tafoli's gone, and uh, this start, starting a little bit of a new thing there. New era. But, uh, anyway, we got more of that coming up this season. I'm not going to make any crazy predictions like that. Um, <laughs> starting off, I learned from my mistakes. Um, yeah. but, but one thing we did want to kick off with. Go ahead. Sorry, Nate. Well, no, no I was going to say, well, I, uh, I think you do make some wild predictions because the the topic that you're going to introduce right now. Yeah. yeah. Which is the I mean, although, um, you know, the first, we, we, the end of our season, uh, our podcast season, we did have uh, our game of the week winnings. And um, as uh, I'll remind the, the listeners, uh, the winner of our pick'em uh, is winning a jersey of their choice paid by the uh, the collective losers and uh the final score of the um the 2022-2023 season pickem uh in third place with 12 points nick in second place Ooh. with 13 points nate Ooh. and your Ooh. winner uh who is the model of consistency never was the top scorer in any week but just trucked it through is me and yeah. uh 
as not, a victor. No thank yeah. you, thank no you. Let's, let's hear it. Let's hear it. <laughs> not rigged. Yeah. <laughs> no, we, we we validated the results this morning uh, just to make yep. sure Nate. Uh, yep. You know, we did a we recount. We have actuaries validating. <laughs> we demanded a recount. We, a, we got one. We did a still recount lost. of the votes, and Carno still unfortunately won by one. But yeah, congrats. Is Carno, the SOA signing off on um, on your on the victory? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I believe so. I think we're I think we're all set here. <laughs> All right. Yeah, congrats. You you made some great picks. Yeah, some solid picks too. Mm -hmm. What's wild is I I remember like we when we made these picks, I was always the one that's like, all right, I'm gonna pick the opposite. And those ones never won out for me, but I just got really lucky picking the correct score in a couple couple of those games. I think um we had LA Kings versus Vegas like three times. And I I think I got the score (laughs) of that right twice. Mm -hmm. Um so that one will do that one will do it um but um you know we'll see how the new season holds uh let's see if uh luck will favor the the yarn or if uh yeah. it'll go the other way uh if the Stenbergers right. can finally take we down the the Mountain. it's one of yeah. us this time yeah. it has to be I we know. got the it's... odds this is sad <laughs> right, right. two-thirds chance Stenberger will win and I know. we need to <laughs> we, we need to thwart a repeat <laughs> yeah man but, if you if, if i win like... again <laughs> No repeats here. Yeah. No repeats. So, so Carno, tell tell the listeners what what jersey you're uh, you're looking at though. So I'm a man of the classics. Um, I will not, uh, you know, with the, the current Red Wings, and I'm always going to pick a Red Wings jersey. Um, you never know who's going to end up in immortality and who's going to end up in you know. Oh, they were kind of good. They're Robert Langs of the of the world, and I targeted that one <laughs> I because I know a certain better. someone has a Robert Lang jersey. <laughs> the Robert um, Langs of the world. Me. What a throwback. Yeah. What a callback. So uh, for that, um, the current jersey I have on right now is the Nick Lindstrom jersey, which Nick Lindstrom will be in, uh, immortalized by the Red Wings. Or if not, he already is. Um, but for the next addition to my collection, I'm going to put the the captain, uh, the GM now, uh, Mr. Eisenman's uh, white away jersey uh, will be the uh, the new addition. Love it. All right. Love it. Right. I think that's a great patches, choice. No patches. You want you want the yeah. Stanley Cup patch or no patch? Nah, nah. Which one? It's not for everyone. Yeah, it's right. not for everyone. I mean, yeah, too many yeah. to pick from for him. How many do you win? Uh, Ninety-seven. You there you go. Two. You got ninety-eight. Yeah. You got the back-to-back. Yeah, back-to-back. Solid, solid choices. Well, speaking of uh, speaking of different uh, legends from the Red Wings, I was actually at a wedding last weekend and uh chris draper was in the elevator riding down with the groom and some of the groomsmen and they got a selfie in the elevator and uh <laughs> so they're they're all around us here in uh, metro detroit i guess but mr roi himself <laughs> love it yep for one dollar radio on but, internet uh, Mid- yeah. no no <laughs> return on investment mr roi <laughs> himself yeah yeah are you sure that's right for, uh yeah, oh yeah one do- one dollar and what four cups three cups yeah, one dollar for Chris I mean, Draper and won four cups with the the Wings and was assistant captain. So greatest return on investment, no questions asked. Yeah, no questions asked. Mm-hmm. But great choice, Carno. Good good yep. season, but we're solid. We're coming solid for choice. you. Yeah. So uh, you know, we'll take uh, we'll take that. So if yeah, and I guess moving for this year, I just want to hear uh, if you theoretically win, Nick, what jersey would you get? Uh, the greatest Red Wing that. Deserves his banner in the Raptors. Darren McCartney, are you? No, no. His career cut too short, far too soon. Vladdy. Oh, it's gonna be Vladdy. Okay. I, like that. I just saw. I just saw a highlight tape of him the other day. Just absolutely 
bodying people throughout the, the playoffs. The man was a menace. The man was <clears throat> yeah. an absolute menace, and no one could understand him, and that made him all the better. One Just man beating up people, and they couldn't understand him. That's terrifying. One man wrecking crew, but no, Absolutely. I think that's a, I think that's a great choice. I uh, I'm gonna I'm I'm between a few right now, um, but right now I have quite a few Red Wings jerseys, so I was thinking going off. Uh, <laughs> off the norm here and maybe getting a Bedard jersey. Oh. So I have some Chicago Chicago. We have a gear. closet Chicago fan. Not even a closet. Yeah. He is a Chicago fan. <laughs> Chicago corrupted him, Carno. What's going <laughs> yeah. on here? Yeah, well, I do have so, four or five Red Wings jerseys, so I unreal. figure it's about time to disperse the, the closet and try unreal. to get some new new attire the equivalent there. of like a Michigan fan saying, hey, I got a lot of Michigan jerseys. Let me get an Ohio State one real quick. That's tough. That's tough. Um, I wouldn't say it's Ohio State. I'd say it's more like getting maybe a Penn State or a Michigan State. It's acceptable. Well, you can't put Michigan, Michigan State and Penn State in the same category. But but as a hey, Michigan what? fan, as a Michigan <laughs> fan, it's kind of frowned upon. You're like, what's going on here? All right, <laughs> respect the grind, but it's frowned upon. I mean, I'll say it. I'll say Jesus. it. I'll get heat for it, but I'll say it. Hey, hey, I'm just saying this is where I'm I'm leaning right now. I'm not committing to Bedard jersey, but. Naturally, if I'm going to go off team, I got to go Chicago. It is a risky you investment. Have Seattle. But yeah. You have uh, the Seattle jersey would be dope. Florida, there's Vegas, uh, like a Vegas golden jersey. Oh, those oh, are Vegas nice would form, be man. dope. Yeah. Vegas would be dope. <laughs> yeah, be too bedazzled. I, I was going to say just list off teams, and Yager's probably been on them, so you get a Yager yeah. jersey. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm always about like. The jerseys that look kind of sick, and I mean, I like the Katana logo from Arizona. I like the uh, the Eskimo guy skating for the the Canucks, the mm-hmm. blue and green jersey. I mean, I think that's pretty sharp. But a lot what of those about, teams um, are in purgatory, so can't be a player that'll stick around. <laughs> what Trevor, Trevor Zegris? Uh, they uh, ducks. Maybe, uh, a Ducks, but like the classic Ducks. Oh Ooh, yeah, yeah, that's like, a, a sick like an old school Korea. That's, that's tough. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah like I would go Paul Korea. I would go yeah. Paul Korea, honestly. 90s Paul Korea. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. A lot of great Absolutely. options out there. Absolutely. John the limit does not exist. Yeah. Jiggy. The limit does not exist over there. Yeah. But, yeah. Jeez. But uh, talking about, you know, you know, these are all talks about winnings, but let's talk about a, a major loser of um, what happened over this summer. So uh, our old coach, uh, Mike Babcock, was a coach and then not a coach before he even coached the game. So what does that really make him? But just a little, a little bit of backstory on Mike Babcock. So Mike Babcock, one of the greatest coaches in terms of actual coaching in the NHL, the modern era. I, would, I can't really deny that. Started off at, um, at Anaheim or Los Angeles of Anaheim, whatever they want to call themselves. Uh, <laughs> won a cup with the Ducks, came to Detroit. Went to the playoffs every single year. Won a President's Trophy. Won a Cup. Uh, and then when his uh, when his contract expired, went to Toronto. Signed, I think, an eight year deal there that he did not live out to. I think it was from 2015 to 23. All right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Got fired didn't even, after. Didn't even make it. Yeah. Got fired after 2019 um, amid you know allegations of a toxic workplace, which he's always had, starting mm-hmm. from. Uh, the Ducks all the way through the Wings, all the way through um, the Maple Leaves. So 
2019. So he's even though he was fired, he still had to live out the end of his contract. So contract ended 2023, immediately signs with the Blue Jackets, and within 10 weeks, he gets fired for um, conduct detrimental to the team. I think uh, Spit and Chicklets, the podcast that is the holy grail of hockey podcasts, uh, you know, kind of exposed him. Ryan Whitney and uh, Biz uh, exposed him for the things he did. And yeah, um, while no wrongdoing was found uh, in terms of, you know, the legality of it, which us MSU fans can really relate to right now, um, he uh, was uh, asked to mutually part ways with the team, got fired. So I'll leave it at that. Um, I know both Stenbergers have quite uh, vitriolic opinions of Mike Babcock. So (laughs) I will let uh, Stenberger too, the youngest for go first. okay. I guess I'll go first. Well, I, I think first off, like you said, you know, he's he's a great coach, a lot of success in the playoffs, which is, you know, really where it comes down to matter. He's had mm-hmm. success in Anaheim, had some success in Detroit, you know, had some success in Toronto where, you know, they, they'd get knocked out in the first round but would have, you know, really great um, regular seasons, which was his downfall. But, you know, he successfully, you know, created a toxic environment to – you know, just absolutely ruined the mental health of Johan Franzen and um, some of the other players, which I think for that, uh, he's, he's pretty much written off in my book. I mean, I I don't think I'd ever want him to come back to Detroit after, you know, that, that turmoil. Yes, we got a cup out of it, but um, there's certain ways that you carry yourself and you motivate people. And I think his lack of um, empathy for the, the players and the old timey style of, you know, pitting players against each other that are on the same team just shouldn't fly in today's NHL. And I, I think personally, he kind of got what he had coming to him with the Columbus Blue Jackets, where he was, you know, supposed to come in there with a young group, young core of very promising prospects and some, some key veterans on that team, Boone Jenner and Gaudreau. And, take them to the the cup after some you know injury prone and losing seasons and the way he was going about it earlier this season there was a lot of he said she said and you know basically taking players phones and embarrassing them and showing them to the team and you know trying to basically hold them accountable for things that uh, are are part of a private person's life and there's a lot of different ways you know that can go about this and not to get too political but you know, Paul Bizonette was was bringing up on Spitting Chicklets. Like, what if there was someone on that team that was um, gay or, or something like that and had pictures on their phone with their significant other and they just got outed, to, you know, to the whole team? Like, that's an example of exploring someone's privacy that, you know, shouldn't really be the case on a team like that. That's not how you build trust and um, camaraderie and, and whatnot. And I don't think there's a place for that in the NHL. So I personally think that he had what was coming from him. you know Columbus bounced back and hired um an interim coach in the meantime but um I think his his days in NHL are um are are past him now and I don't even know if he'd be a TSN analyst <clears throat> or anything like that just because of um you know all the all the all the history of of complaints that he's had Nick what do you think I mean, I, I see your point of view. Um, don't get me wrong. I, I, I understand that while we can talk the game of hockey 
Um, it's one thing to talk hockey. It's one thing to play and coach. Um, that being said, I have zero respect for, for Babcock and, and what he's done. Um, I, I want to just take you all back for a second because, Nate, you and Ian Carno kind of talked about, you know, his career and kind of progressed us through his career and explained everything. So just painting a picture for, for the audience here. 2002, greatest Red Wings team, I would argue, um, just a slew of Hall of Famers. 2003 comes around and the wheels fall off. Who do they fall off to? The Mighty Ducks of Anaheim, now the Anaheim Ducks. Babcock's the head coach, right? So they weren't they weren't slouches. He's he's not a he's not a bad coach by any means, but the way he handles his players is something that I, I really struggle with. I mean, the way I look at and I'll just take this apart from the roster. 2002, 2003 Anaheim Ducks. Of course I'm gonna mention Jaguar. It's a little fan service and, and a little shout out to Carno there. Love Jaguar. Probably one of the greatest playoff runs of an individual player, let alone a goalie um, in NHL history. You had him as your starting goaltender. You had Korea. You had Oates. Um, you had, at that time, Sandus Oslinch. You had Rob Niedermeyer. Um, so this was a put-together team before Babcock got there. I think a lot of the delicate balance of like how a team does in the playoffs and performs throughout the season it's one thing to have a coach that knows what they're doing. It's another thing to have a GM get the right players in the locker room in order to put in front of a coach. And I think this is a testament more so to the GM necessarily than what Babcock was able to do. He put the talent in front of Babcock and Babcock ran with it. So that was 02, 03, right? When when the Anaheim Ducks lost to the Devils in the finals, great finals, great playoff run. Fast forward to 0607. Now he's got even more Hall of Famers. He's got Solani. He's still got Niedermeyer. He's got Kunitz. He's got Pronger, Gatsloff, Corey Perry, um, Rob Niedermeyer. Um, he's got, just going down the list here, Jaguar still. Um, Drew Miller at this point. You've, you've got, you know, future Red, at the time, future Red Wing. Um, you've got Brad May. Some might remember him from, um, the, his Buffalo days. You got George Peros, um, Brzgalov. So you had a lot of talent on this team. And then the next season, even after he wins a cup, he goes straight to Detroit, where he gets Datsu, Zetterberg, Lindstrom. You know the the playoff run that um, Cronwall and and Philpola and um, so many others contributed to. I think it was the great run by um, the Mule Franzen. And we haven't seen something like that in a long time in Detroit. But all this talent was put together by the general managers. And these are situations where Babcock inserts himself and they say, okay, you know, take him to the promised land. And I think to an extent, his resume is, is fantastic, but you've got to look at it through a lens and context. You've got to understand, okay, are these the players that are contributing to the coach? Is it more the coaching side? I think, Cardo and, and Nate, you can agree with me. One of the top, I would say, best coach all time, a bit biased, um, but easily top three in most people's opinions, Scotty Bowman. Look at what Scotty did for all those decades of coaching. I mean, he took Hall of Famers, sure, but he also took teams that maybe had one or two stars, 
and just made them into something that people weren't expecting. Um, they overperformed in a lot of ways. I mean, you know, look at St. Louis or, or you look at Montreal and Montreal had that streak of winning throughout the seventies. And, um, then you get to Detroit in the nineties and Pittsburgh in the nineties. Um, I mean, everything he touched was great because he was a phenomenal coach, not necessarily because the GM put the right players in front of him, although it helped. So that's where I take offense with a little bit of, of, Babcock in his resume. I think he's got so many talented individuals on a team um, that he can just run away with it and kind of pad the resume a bit, sadly. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I'm going to slightly disagree with Nick here. Yeah. Uh, well, one, one, respectively, you know, what's his name? Scotty Bowman is not top three. He's top one. Coach of all time. Top one. Is, top one. Fair enough. Uh, Fair enough. Actually, well, okay. Maybe I don't know the history. There, there's there historically there's some great coaches before our time. Uh, but sure. In, in the modern era, top one coach of all time. Um, but Nick, you mentioned that you know Mike Babcock was blessed with a great set of players, and mm-hmm. to an extent, you're right. Um, so when he came to Detroit, I think it was 2004 or 2005, right after the lockout. I can't remember when that is. Um, so when he came in after the lockout, all right. Datsuk was kind of getting integrated. I think he was like a third liner, fourth liner guy. Uh, Zetterberg, same thing, but it was still dominated by Eisenman, Hull, Shani, um, or maybe Shani left. Uh, I think he left in New York by the time. But anyway, um, it doesn't matter. Uh, it was still blessed with some old legends. But I got to give Babcock credit. And this is also, you know, this kind of leads to the next point. Like, But I give Babcock credit for taking, you can take prospects and make them great. Or you can just take prospects and let them kind of fade away. So Babcock had Zetterberg. He had Franzen. He had uh, Datsuk. Uh, he had uh, Danny Cleary. Not really, not really. Um, he had like Hoodler. Uh, he had a lot of players that were young, talented players that he made fantastic. Cronwall, you can attribute to his career to uh, Babcock. Um, uh, Jonathan Erickson can attribute his, car- uh, his uh, career to um, Mike Babcock. Franzen to an extent, even though Franzen was, you know, bullied to Babcock, but Franzen became great under Babcock. And um, I guess we can't really compare him to anything because his career ended too quickly. But where Babcock took him from where he started to end it, I I, I gotta say, like, one thing Babcock is, for better or worse, fantastic at is the actual aspect of player development, not so much from a character, but from the actual technical aspect. I, I think it's hard to argue um, that, I mean, even under Toronto team, the current Toronto team was built under the, they were all young under Babcock. So if you look at the greatness of them now, you kind of look at the, 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 the trials and tribulations they faced under Babcock, but you got to attribute some of that to him. So it's hard to say because like there, you can't, um, you really can't excuse the behavior of Babcock more recently, what you did to Franz, you can't excuse it. It's tough stuff, and it's like it's it's terrible, uh, the stuff he did. But if you look at the work, the the entire body of work, it's it's not bad. His resume is quite good in terms of the development of who he took and where they are now, uh, from where they were before. Like I would say, like in the modern era, Babcock is one of the best developmental coaches in terms of the technical aspect of the game, uh, and it's hard to argue against that resume, just given the players that he had. Now, from a character, I mean, coaching is not just building technical aspects. It's building technical aspects as well as the human aspect. You have to make sure they thrive and leap and lead. 
And while the Red Wings right now may not be as talented as the Red Wings of the past, I would say they are more, it's, it's more of a team. It is definitely more friendly. Um, eh, no, no, no. The, the, the veteran leadership, I mean, you have the, the, the Swiss group, you have, sorry, not Swiss, the Swedish group. You had uh, the old uh, veteran Canadians. Like, I think that took, that helped the development of those players. So they kind of were insulated by Babcock a little bit. Not so much where Franzen kind of got screwed, but like, you know, you had a strong lead, a set of veterans that could insulate the, the team and help them develop those characters. Um, but like you look at the team now and they're good people. They're immature in the game. I, I, I still think the Red Wings are very immature when it comes to the actual game. But as people, as leaders, I think it's fantastic. So I'm going to stop there and ask the question of, all right, where's, so Babcock is too far. Tortorella is another coach that's similar to Babcock, and I think Spin Chicklets also mentioned it. Kind of toes the line between too far and far. But at what point do we say, like, all right, as a coach, and when you when you get into the sport of professional sports, there is some some aspect of bullying and some aspect of hazing that needs to make you who you are. Where does the where do you draw the line, and what is officially unacceptable versus all right, this is reprehensible. We have a set of veterans that can help us. I mean, this is not just in the hockey. No, it's, I mean, a, it's a solid question. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and this is not just in the hockey. I mean, with college football, you saw Pat Fitzgerald get fired for hazing incidents, now suing the university because he wasn't fully aware of, you know, what's going on. I think what's different about this, though, is this toxic environment started at the top with Babcock, where he's involved mm-hmm. in the <clears throat> actual just ridicule of these players. And I think good coaches are able to squeeze what they can out of good players like a sponge. You know, you squeeze, you know, as much production as you can out of them. Um, and it sounds like, you know, once once you squeeze all you can, you kind of throw them away, which is what happens, you know, when, when people retire and whatnot. But the difference here is I think Babcock, he will – squeeze everything out of you out of fear rather than out of you know admiration or trust or loyalness from his players like I, th- I think there's you know difference in following a leader because of you're scared of them versus you trust and believe and look up to them and I think that was part of Babcock's downfall is because he's part of the old guys club where you know this used to be okay you know 20 years ago to just rip into players like this and it, it's never really okay i mean franzen was an absolute star for detroit had four goal games and playoffs and still you know brought to like just a mental breakdown from how much ridicule he got in um you know it's, it's hard to say you know what the the line is um you know you want to build camaraderie with your team you want to make them feel like part of the team you know I've never really been a part of like rookie dinners where they have to pay for the team or anything like that. Um, you know, I, I, I get that you have to have some sort of welcome to the league moment, but um, at the same time, you know, it doesn't cost anything to be like a, a decent person to, you know, help take them under the ropes. That's why people love Patrick Marlowe. I mean, he took Matthews and Marner, let him live with them for a couple of years. Like that's sort of the veteran leadership that you, you need. Um, it's it's not one where you're you're just a dick or you know just ridiculing people all the time or you know causing fights. So Nate, you did mention that um, like you know I think you and Nick both said that you would never want to see Babcock back in the NHL again as a you know as a result. Let me put you in this situation. 
Say you mm-hmm. have a team. Let's say, what's a team that has a lot of veterans? Uh, Tampa Bay or uh, Toronto to an extent or uh, a team that has a lot of veterans that have been there, done that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And you put Babcock on a team like that where the veterans can insulate and they have enough say to say, hey, all right, coach, you're going too far, chill. And like kind of like what we had in Detroit with Iserman and, uh, heck, dare I say Robert Lang, uh, you know, Draper, uh, Chalios, Rafalski. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are all veterans that could insulate the youth. I mean, they failed with I, – I, I can't even put it on them. Like at some point, it goes mm-hmm. too far. But, you know, if assuming Babcock kind of learns from his mistake, which is hard to say, but uh, – and you have a set of veterans, the coach is – is effective. It, it's hard to argue against his effectiveness, but if you put yeah. him in the right situation, don't you think that maybe it could work? Um, so here's the thing. I think a lot of the leaderships on his teams where, you know, this, this happens are quiet leaders. Like you'll see from Detroit, it was, I think Lindstrom was the captain, Datsuk and then Zetterberg, you know, throughout his tenure where, you know, a lot of this stuff was going on and those guys don't even do that many interviews to begin with, let alone like speak up in the locker room. So same thing with Columbus. I mean, the captain Boone Jenner kind of like trailed back his comments after talking about it on spit and shit podcast. And they don't really have that many vocal leaders on that team. Same thing with Toronto. They had Matthews and Marner who are young twenties who are the captains and, and don't necessarily know not right from wrong, but just, you know, how, how things roll sort of in the industry and are just sort of like thrown, thrown into it. I, I think it has to be the perfect environment and I'm sure he will get a chance somewhere. Someone's going to give him that third, third chance. And, you know, I hope he doesn't blow it, but seeing how he was let go from Toronto for similar allegations, takes a few years away, comes back to it and does it, you know, right back again. it, It makes me feel like he doesn't deserve a third chance here. I'll give you one location that I think is perfect for him. Two locations actually are perfect okay. for him. One is Pittsburgh, given their their veteran presence in Crosby, who's been there. They've been there and done that. Yeah. Another one is Boston, because like, all right, who's the new captain? It's uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy that everyone hates, uh, Marshawn. Brad Marshawn. Brad Marshawn is not going to take any shit from him. Anything. Yeah. Uh, so I think Brad Marshawn is a perfect captain to work with. I mean, even Bergeron, if he was there, or uh, heck, I think Milan Lucic is back on that team. Yep. Um, is, yes. is Milan Lucic back? I think he is, yeah. Yes. Milan Lucic is back. And those are people that have been there, done that. Like, it's the perfect mm-hmm. environment to um, to insulate Babcock so you can focus on. The only problem is that like, now Boston doesn't have any youth, really, because uh, they're mm-hmm. like really going selling to try and win one last cup. Um, but assuming they ever did it, like I think that is the perfect environment for him. And I'm not trying to be a Babcock apologist here because I know he's it, it's reprehensible. But a part of it is like our youth, our collective youths, grew up around. I mean, the, the time when we the Detroit went to 26 straight playoffs, a lot of that's attributed to Babcock. So, and and mm-hmm. Bowman, a little bit of Dave Lewis. Dave Lewis, good coach, just not ready for the you know mm-hmm. no, nothing bad against Dave Lewis, but um, you know Babcock really was a shining star for our youth, given you know. What we had, so I, I I know he can do it. It's just I don't. And I, I'm not trying to play apologist because you know there's the reprehensible stuff, and he needs to atone for some of those. Mm-hmm. And anyway, Brad, you know, he, he's probably going to hell in the end. But <laughs> if he's going to go out to go out with another cup and help us out here, mm-hmm. yeah. Nick, what, uh, any 
<laughs> Your last thoughts uh, before we bury this guy? A lot to take in. It's a lot to take in. Um, I'll give you a recommendation for where I think Babcock should go. Um, the golf course. That's <laughs> that's the only place he he belongs. Not even close to the NHL. I, I think you can have the best leadership, and I think to an extent, the quiet leadership. To your point, Nate worked out, but even in an environment where leadership is fantastic, quiet, or loud, there's going to be still toxicity in that culture. So you've still got to deal with that. Um, and I just don't think it's it's got a place in the NHL anymore. I mean, you mentioned Tortorella. Tortorella is a different breed, I would say. He has his moments, but it's out of passion for the game. He's very passionate, loves the game. I think that argument can be made. Um, with Babcock, to Nate's point, it's squeezing the talent. It's squeezing the skill out of his players. It's every last drop. It's nothing's good enough. Um, and and that's where I think a line in the sand begins to be drawn. Um, and players just don't respect that, that kind of management, that kind of um, lack of leadership there. So they look to the veterans, and if you don't have veterans on your team, then you're going to have problems. You're going to have problems in the locker room. And it's a family at the end of the day, you know? You want to, yeah, you want to welcome the rookies. You want to introduce them to the NHL. I, I get that. Introduce them mm-hmm. to the league. Make them carry your bags or, you know, do outrageous stuff like pay for the dinners. Yeah, welcome, rookie. You know, that's cool. But when you you have that kind of environment, people are afraid to perform. And that stunts their potential. I mean, imagine, like, hypothetically, he goes to Chicago and coaches Bedard. Could Bedard be calm? as good as we think he could become with Babcock as his head coach. I'll, I'll, I'll pose that to you guys. Yeah. You don't want to, yeah. Yeah. We don't want to go. Uh, he, he's only, he just turned 18 this summer. I mean, they got some veteran leadership in that locker room, but it's, yeah, it, it's, <laughs> we'll see if Chicago we'll makes s- any moves on that. <laughs> right. I'll say, like, all right, if we assume, which is not the current NHL, and I think this leads us to our great to our next point, but, like, if we assume that Bedard just stayed his whole career in uh, Chicago and he just kind of stuck with it, then, yeah, I think it would mm-hmm. work. But mm-hmm. when you see Bedard come out, it's going to be like Chris Osgood at a bar in Plymouth. It's just, like, a shell of your human, uh, your former <laughs> self. You're no longer yeah. a, 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 who you are. Bedard will be he, – he'll be a corpse, a living corpse, if he stays and does that. <laughs> But yeah. the NHL doesn't work like that anymore, and you know this offseason proves that with you know, transitions and signings all across the place. So um, many, many different signings, but um, what are some of the signings that surprised you this offseason? Um, whether it be a good signing, bad signing, questionable, made you raise your eyebrows. Um, so Nick, what, uh, tell me. I was actually um, going to defer to Nate because I'm, yeah. I'm kind of like – I'm watching more or less the the departures. I'm watching the Krejci. I'm watching um, those Bergeron. kind of players like Bergeron leave. Bergeron, and, yeah, that's and, a big one. And that's that's more what's jumping out to me necessarily than the signings. Yeah. Um, okay. I'll hold yeah. my comments back for now, but Nate, you I, go for it. I go it. first. I'll, I'll yeah. keep it one with two honorable mentions. So the first one that really uh, surprised me was the – Tyler Bertuzzi deal in Toronto where he he did a prove it contract for one year and man I uh I tried to get him in all my fantasy leagues and um I, I think he's pretty undervalued he'll probably be on that top line with Marner and Matthews and 
Um, I I think the perfect storm is there where he has two just bona fide uh, goal scorers on his line. He's on a prove-it contract, and he wants to get paid, and I think he's going to have a really good year. So, um, I, that was, is he that about was to play in that. Toronto though? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, they removed the COVID, uh, the COVID vaccine requirements, um, which is why I was able to sign, but nobody was picking him up for a while. So I, I think this proven contract is probably perfect for him. We haven't seen that in a while, probably since Hosa did it in Detroit on that one year contract right after losing in, in Pittsburgh. Um, so I'm, I'm really interested to see that. And then two honorable mentions, uh, one, is Jonathan Druin going to Colorado to unite with his old um, Quebec Junior Hockey League liney Nathan McKinnon? Um, and I'm really curious to see if they're going to, um, you know, rekindle that that flame that they had and uh, went I think number two and three overall in the in their uh, draft classes together. Um, it'll be interesting to see to to see if they put him on the same line uh, or if he can you know get back that potential that he had coming out of the the queue he uh he has already been interviewed and mentioned that being in colorado has been nights and day better than his his last two places so it'll be interesting to see what goes on there last honorable mention uh, tanner uh Ginot from tampa bay had an absolute wreck of a season after getting traded for a first second third fourth and fifth round pick from nashville to Tampa Bay, didn't score like at all in the playoffs, and was re-signed, I think, to two-year, four-and-a-half mil or something like that. Um, so really head-scratcher head from my perspective, uh, trying to sign in Tampa Bay, where they aren't signing Stamkos, but they signed this guy that just didn't bring it into the team. And I think their explanation is probably, we gave up so much to give them. Maybe this will still work out, but it's uh, it'll be an interesting season for for those three guys: Druin, Bertuzzi, and uh, Gina. Nick, you want to mm-hmm. go next? Anyone surprise you, Carno? Oh, I was gonna say Carno. Anyone surprise you? Yeah, um, I will say the, kind of for the opposite reasons. Not so much of um, oh wow, that's a great signing, but wow, this is a terrible signing. Uh, and that is uh, Alex Kalorn to um, the Ducks. So he went from, I think he's 34 years old, kind of at the end of his career, going to a Ducks team that's very young, uh, signed a four-year deal, and he's already out the first, I think, four to six weeks uh, with something. Um, so it just doesn't align with the timeline. It doesn't align with salary. He's getting a massive uh, bag, I think, from the Ducks. Um, it just makes no sense to me why Alex Killorn, um, I, I, I'm sure Tampa's like, finally, we got him off, finally. Because uh, Tampa Bay's been uh, hovering around, um, you know, salary cap purgatory for quite a bit of time. Um, so I don't know why uh, that's a, that, that that was, you know, I don't know why that was signed. I don't know what what Tampa Bay's management's thinking, but um, yeah, that's the signing. And the other one I was going to say, I mean, uh, you mentioned Tyler Bertuzzi, but um, for questionable reasons, I, I I get it, but I also don't. Is uh, Taylor Hall to? Uh, uh, Chicago. Um, so Taylor Hall, former MVP, still kind. Of, I mean, he's not young, young, but like, you know, it's not like the, he's the oldest guy in the world. Um, so I, it's I, I kind of like how, you know, the prove it contracts of Tyler Bertuzzi guys kind of like, it, all right, get get back, work with this young team, see if you can uh, 
bring some, um, you know, some veteran presence and mentor these guys. But I don't know if he's it, what, what, where is Trevor Hall in his career? Is he in, is he in terms of, um, ring chasing or is he more of like, all right, it's kind of it for me or, or I'm going to try one more time of like developing a team. So those are my two. Alex Corn is the real one. That's like, all right, that, that like, what the fuck are you thinking kind of thing? But, um, you know, yeah. Trevor Hall, more understandable, we, we, still kind of weird. If we get back to Bedard here um, in a few minutes, I'll, I'll circle back on this, but I, I totally agree on the Kalorn signing. I was um, pretty rattled by that, especially because he's been in Tampa for, gosh, 10 plus years. So, um, yeah, right there with you. I think those are two good picks. What about you, Nick? Mm-hmm. Well, I had some time to think about it. Um, and the one thing that, that jumps out to me is is how much um, the, the old NHL is transitioning to the new NHL, right? It used to be the Sid and, and Ovi show for so long. So I'm going to say signings, um, Eric Car- Carlson going to Pittsburgh. Um, yeah. What that, was what that, that a trade, though, wasn't it? Um, yeah, that was a trade. That was a three-team trade. But that jumps out to me um, to show me that the top, the clock's ticking, right? Pittsburgh is is trying to make a run at it one last time with Sid and uh, Evgeny Malkin. And it's bittersweet because you've seen so much talent come from Pittsburgh for, for so long and, you know, so many cups. And, and I know you don't want to hear that. It's it's true, unfortunate, Carno. You know, it's we, we don't like talking about, you know, one of those rings. However, um, can't deny the talent, you know, can't deny the talent. And I think it's it's in the next year or two that, that both are going to be gone. You know, it's it's just their age. Um, combined with injuries that they're just ready to kind of exit and Pittsburgh's making a last stand. So Carlson, number one, I would say is a hiring Dubas. I'm shocked he went to Pittsburgh. Um, I'm, I'm interested that Toronto even let him go. You know, that's, that's concerning to me that he accumulated so much talent in Toronto and then they just let him walk. Um, so that was really concerning to me. And honorable mention, does any has anyone heard about Patty Kane yet? Is he coming back? Because he he seems like he's had two hip surgeries and he wants to play, but he hasn't shown up anywhere. And will he? Won't he stay with the Rangers? I mean, there's there's rumblings he wants to join DeBrinket in Detroit. Which I mean, I, no, I don't think no, anyone on no, this podcast would no, disagree. No, no, but, no, I'm disagreeing. No, 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 but, no, no, no. You do not get to come I, to Detroit after giving me hell for the, these many years. I, no, I would do that. But, I would do it just to piss off Chicago fans. But then we, so. <laughs> yeah, just well, for funsies. Then, well, I don't think he has that bad of like a, a rapport with Chicago fans. I think he's actually like well regarded, honestly, with Chicago fans. I mean, and I could even see him go back to Chicago just to like kind of mentor Bedard, if you will. Um, but that's been tossed around in Chicago. Detroit's been in the rumor mill. Rangers, of course, if he stays, that's there too. Um, and then Buffalo. Buffalo's his hometown. Um, I would also like to not fuel the rumors, but suggest a team of my own, New Jersey. I think he'd be a perfect veteran presence in New Jersey. I think it's not as far of a drive as people think from where he currently is in New York. And he'd be a great asset. You know, I wouldn't say he'd coast the season, but at least he'd be on a team where he'd have a lot of youth surrounding him and he'd be able to set people up. So I, I tend to think of like a line with like Brett Hull. And and Datsuk, what was it the the old man and the two or the the goat and the uh, the two young ones or something the two kids and the the old goat line from like two thousand two, 
that's what comes to mind is like throw Kane in the mix. Get get these guys some experience. Get them some talent, some mm-hmm. veterancy surrounding them. See what happens and watch him go. Yeah. Um, but he's he's one I'd keep an eye on. I, I think he's still got some in the tank left. Yeah. If, if Patrick Kane goes to Buffalo, I don't think we'll ever see him sober ever again. So <laughs> I don't know if Buffalo is a great thing for his health or our health. Like yeah. every time he goes to Buffalo, I swear in the offseason, Patrick Kane – some public indecency, Patrick Kane, something this, Patrick Kane, something that. Uh, he cannot be in Buffalo. I, I think Buffalo fans would love it. And, you know, you know, they have Bill's Mafia there, but I'm sure if they have like a Sabres Mafia, they would absolutely love Patrick. I think for the, for the everyone around us, we would all love seeing Patrick Kane in Buffalo. But for sure. Patrick Kane and for the liver of Patrick Kane, not a good idea. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. Buffalo in general has a great culture. You mentioned the Bill's Mafia. I mean, how can you not love the Bill's Mafia? Um but especially when it comes to like a homegrown talent like Kane, they're gonna they're gonna lean into that so hard like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. So, well, uh, but that's well, that's who I got. That's who okay. I got. Well, we brought up quite a few teams with you know a bunch of signings. I mean, you know, we brought up Tampa Bay, we brought up Anaheim with Kalorn, Colorado with Druin, um, you know, Bertuzzi up up in Toronto. Who are everyone's picks for the conference finalists? as well as the Stanley Cup winner for, for this year. I mean, you know, the, the season starts this week, so these are very preliminary <laughs> guesses and whatnot. But, Carno, maybe I'll kick it over to you first and see who's to, to watch out for to, to hoist Lord Stanley this year. So I think um, in terms of who's going to win, I think – and I'm, I, I don't want to make a too much of a bold prediction, but I'm pretty comfortable with saying that – the Carolina Hurricanes are going to be hoisting the cup this year. Um, and the reason why is, I mean, they were, they were so close last year. They have been close like the last few years. And just mm-hmm. adding Orlov to mix, um, like their defense is looking so solid. Even like last year, I think yeah. they had like the least number of shots on goal. Um, and they they add another defenseman. Like, all right, that's, they're looking solid. Um, mm-hmm. So... I'm going to say it's Carolina Hurricanes, uh, and they're going to come out of the East, obviously. So on the West, um, the Stars got Matt Duchesne, so they're looking good. Uh, you have, um, you know, Vegas is always great. LA Kings, always great. But this is more of a romance pick for me. Marc-Andre Fleury has been a such a great servant to the NHL, and he's coming to the end of his time. But just one last time, I'd love to see a Stanley Cup run for Marc-Andre Fleury. So I'm going to say the Minnesota Wild, which atypical it's not this is more sort of a wish rather than an actual prediction but i would say minnesota wilds go to the finals uh they face the hurricane give andre Fleury one last time and like just like john shabat shinkrich jagir kind of go out riding on his uh, on his horse like out on his sword he's not gonna win but it's just like a nice ending for a great servant to um the nhl okay agreed carno uh, he's, he's a phenomenal carno. hall of famer yeah very heartfelt very- Okay, Nick, what about and you? coming from a guy that was a Pittsburgh goalie. Uh, Who's the Pittsburgh goalie? That's hard. That's Fair. hard. Don't need to bring that up. I had nightmares <laughs> of Flurry making that one save in 2009 on Lindstrom. So I, I fall asleep to nightmares of that. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think Lindstrom does, though. He's perfect, so it doesn't <laughs> matter to him. Um, but no, no. I mean, you made some solid points. Um, Carolina really performed last year. I think they're going to perform again this year. Um, I have them in my conference final in the East, honestly. I think they can make it um, that far. I think they can get into the hump of the playoffs, you know, over the hump there. 
Um, but at the end of the day, you got to run into New Jersey. And I think they run into New Jersey, and New Jersey goes to the cup. They've got enough talent. They've got enough chemistry. they got the Hughes brothers now. I think everything's kind of gelling really well for them. Um, there are questions. There are questions here and there. Um, surely, you know, is it, do they have enough experience? Is it a youthful thing? Things like that. But I think New Jersey goes to the cup, and I think they win. I think they win. I think they have enough talent to win it. Um, out of the West, though, that's a little bit tougher for me. Um, there's great teams. There's a lot of talent. Of course, the stars get, get tossed around, right? Some of the additions they made, like Duchesne. Um, I've seen the stars in a few Western Conference finals over the, over the years, and I just don't think they're going to get over the hump. I think they run into the, to the Western Conference finals and just hit a brick wall. I'm actually going to save the Avalanche. Um, I, I like the defense. I like some of the moves they had, they had made. Um, I still have a few question marks in, in some areas, and I think New Jersey exposes that in the cup. I see New Jersey over the ass. So, I guess uh, okay. one thing we can quote is that, you know, Nick is a huge uh, University of Michigan hockey fan, clearly, mm-hmm. uh, with the Hughes brothers. <laughs> I think they're yeah. talented. I've watched them in person, and by far and away, I, I think, I think it was Jack is the youngest one. Yep. Uh, oh, and no, it's Luke. Luke is the Luke, youngest I'm one. sorry. Thank you, Luke. And Luke was skating around players. I mean, he was he was making them look like they were at, you know, just, just practice. Just and, some cones. And, and going, yeah, just cones, just skating around them, just doing circles and just making them look silly. Um, so he's very talented. I'd love to see what he does this season. Yeah, I think those are two good picks, Nick. I, uh, I was also leaning towards the Devils, and I think Carolina's the pick because, um, you know, they they have – they're the pick for most people because they have a lot of strength returning from last year. They've, you know, upgraded with Orlov, like you said, as well as Michael Bunting from Toronto, too. Um, they'll get Svechnikov back, too, who's, you know, been out for a while. Um, they're – they're stocked and loaded, you know, to um, make a run. But I do like this Devils team, man. I mean, they got Defoley back there, uh, Dougie Hamilton, Vanacek and that. They have a very, very good young core, and they gave Carolina a run for its money. And that Metropolitan Division is a bloodbath. But, you know, the winner of Carolina and New Jersey is going to make it to the Cup, I believe. And I think in this case, I'm going to say Devils here. From the, the Western Conference, you know, <laughs> I I think there's a heartfelt pick and then, like, an actual pick. Um, you know, I, I was leaning abs before you went, Nick, and obviously I can't pick Devils and abs as well. So, um, you know, I I want Edmonton to, to get there. You know, I, I think McDavid and Dreisaitl have suffered enough throughout the last couple of seasons, um, despite scoring 100-plus points every year. But I, I'm going to say Vegas. I think Vegas has been consistently year over year proven to be a strong playoff team made it to the finals finally got their cup this past year with florida um so i i like their chances to to come back you know mark stone might be on long-term ir and that's the heart and soul of that team but you know they got eichel now they got some pretty pretty strong d laner is is on long-term ir um so they're, they're probably going with Aiden Hill and Logan Thompson, who are two very, very strong goalies. So I'm going to say Vegas and New Jersey in the in the finals there. And I'm going to say Vegas gets it done again. 
I um, noticed uh, your picks have uh, so both of you guys uh, very, I guess, very young teams. Uh, with Mark Stone gone, you, you take that Vegas team; it's, it's gone from very old to the veteran presence of very young. Aiden Hill, um, very young, uh, with a runner out. So interesting. So mm-hmm. you know, the old style of hockey is gone with the, the, the relying on veteran presence. All these young guns now. So I guess I'm I'm still like I am with every sport. I'm an old head. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's not a bad but, thing. It's not a yeah, bad thing. Yeah, I'm a I'm a traditionalist. Um, but that kind of goes through. Um, I know this is one. This is one podcast where we actually didn't really talk about um, the number one signing and the, a team that uh, we always talk about, the Detroit Red Wings. Um, so we'll reserve that for our next our next conversation when we see a little bit of how this young team gets into action. But as we did last year, um, we'll close out with our pick'em game. So just a reminder of the rules: um, the hockey pick'em works where. We have five games uh, where Nick, Nate, and I will pick the winning team and the winning score of five games that we've chosen. If we get the winning score right and the winning uh, team, we get three points. If we just get the winning team but don't get the score, we get one point. And then, obviously, if you get nothing, you get nothing. Um, So our five games for this episode are Seattle at Vegas, Carolina at the Kings, Vancouver at Edmonton, Toronto at Tampa Bay Lightning, and then four game that is part of the Stockholm series. I don't know if they have, is that the actual term of it, but there's a set of games that are going to be played in Stockholm with uh, Sweden this year. Uh, Detroit is playing Toronto. So let's start with the first one. Uh, Seattle versus Vegas. Nick, what are your thoughts? Mm. Both teams are talented. Both teams are, are fairly recent in the NHL, fairly new franchises. Vegas is coming off a cup. I'm assuming they're going to be raising the banner that night, no? Um, we can confirm that later on. I'm going to go Vegas um, to start the season. You know, it's just um, the momentum they've had from winning the cup. The crowd is a, certainly a factor there in Vegas. Um, definitely a highlight on my place to go watch a game. I'm going to say 4-1 Vegas. Okay, I'll go. I'll go next, and I'm I'm leaning Vegas here too. But don't count Seattle out in this. I would say, uh, no, Seattle had a great year. They squeaked into the playoffs, I believe, as the third or fourth seed in their division, knocked out Avs first round. So they're they're not going to be um, pushovers to start the year. But I'm I'm going to go Vegas as well to start because you know that's my Stanley Cup pick, and I'm going to go four uh, two here. All right. So this is the first game, I think one of the first games of the season. Um, And Seattle is, I would say, healthy. Vegas is not. Um, This is going to be probably Aiden Hill's first, like, regular season starting game. Uh, I mean, he played the tail end of last year, but it's like the first, and it's going to be a big deal. Uh, I'm going to go Seattle. And I'm going to go 3, no, 3-2 Seattle. So Spoiling I'm going to go raising, huh? yeah. yeah, banner raisings happen, but Hey, when, yeah. uh, the chiefs raised their banner, what did Detroit do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They definitely had to put a target on their back. Absolutely. Bad point. So Bad point. I will go with that. So next game we have Carolina at the Kings and, uh, Nate, okay. I'll have you go first on this one. Yep. So, uh, 
Carolina is their over under is 109 and a half points this year, which is just absolutely insane. I mean, we had Boston break records last year, but 109 and a half points is a really high over under. I mean, this team is supposed to be uh, something special with Rindamore at the helm. So I'm I'm gonna go Hurricanes here. Um, you know, they they are traveling to LA, which is a bit of jet lag, um, but I I'd say they they start out really strong. I'm gonna say five two. Carolina. Nick? Yeah, that's tough. I mean, especially starting a, a West Coast road trip to start the season. That's uh, that's something that really drains a team, right? Um, I think Carolina's experienced enough, and they've got Brenda Moore at the helm. He's a great leader, um, kind of opposite of what we were talking about earlier with Babcock. So I, I really appreciate what Brenda Moore's been able to do with this team. Um, I'm also going to say Carolina. I'm going to say not as as strong though. I'm going to say three one over LA. All right, okay. I think we're all going with Carolina here, and you know they were my pick. I think they were the most complete team in the NHL. And I was taking a look at it even more. Like, and this this I think um, our old professor Albert can appreciate. Nate is they're like a statistically just phenomenal team. Uh, mm-hmm. defensively, they have the lowest um, shots on goal. Offensively, there's something called the Corsi 4, uh, and they have the highest Corsi 4, best 5-on-5 five five play. Uh, they are a, a statistical juggernaut, and I love my stats. So I'm going to go 4-1 Carolina. You're going to money ball with Carolina. <laughs> yeah, was, that, was that a calculator over there that you were... Trying to figure out yeah, the score. I, I, heard a, I heard a financial calculator. What's going yeah, on? Right. <laughs> yeah, right. This is how I won last year. Oh, okay, okay. Well, gaming okay. the system. All right. So, so now game three, we got two Canadian teams on the 14th of October. Uh, we have Vancouver traveling to Edmonton um, for one of the first games of the year. Carno, how, how do you feel about that? Um, Vancouver, the luster of Vancouver that was once there is no longer there. I think... When the Sedin twins left, uh, they still have a little bit of rebuild. And they're getting there, but it's still not there yet. Um, meanwhile, Edmonton is the promised son delivered to the NHL that just never seems to deliver. Um, that poor team has all the stars, Dreisaitl, McDavid. I think they had a couple more weapons this year. And it's just, you know, it has to, like, something's got to give eventually. Um I think the fact that Carol, uh, sorry, not Carolina, that Edmonton has already played together for a while uh, I'm going to give them the edge on this one. Um, I generally dislike both of these teams. Um, I, it's it's tough to say because like when it comes to the Battle of Alberta, I'm picking Calgary over Edmonton. When it comes to Vancouver, I'm always going to remember, uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, the American that used to play for them that um, hated Canadians. Uh, what was his name? Kessler. Kessler, yeah, Ryan Kessler. Kessler. Hated Canadians that he played for the Vancouver so I'm like, all right, so I don't I have a disdain for you. So um, I'm going to go 4-2 Edmonton. Okay. Sounds good. Nick, you want to go next? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I have major question marks about Vancouver. It's always a will they rebuild, won't they rebuild kind of season for them. Um, I think ownership and management are, are out of touch with the situation right now. They're a very young team still. They do have some talent. You know, Hughes, I hate to kind of harp on that, but Hughes, Kuzmenko, um, you got Miller, uh, just to name a few. And one of the best names in hockey, a guy by the name of Jet Wu. I don't know if you guys have heard of him, but just oh, yeah. just keep him on your radar. Fantastic <laughs> name. Um, 
But I mean, you're going up against McJesus. You're going up against McDavid and Dreisaitl and possibly one of the greatest one-two combinations the NHL's ever seen. Um, I'm going to take Edmonton. It's going to be bad. Um, I'm going to say maybe 5-1. Okay. Yeah, and I think for this one, too, um, you know, Quinn Hughes just got named captain recently. They've had a little bit of locker room turmoil in Vancouver between JT Miller and the rest of the gang, Garland. Eichmann Larson is now gone. They they stole Heronic from us. Um, well, actually, we we gave him up for a Bodega Mountain Dew and first-round pick, mm. which worked out really well. Um, but I don't think Vancouver... Vancouver is kind of one of those teams that's in limbo, too, where Edmonton's in win-now mode. And I, I know it's early in the season, but I think that this game could also get a little bit ugly. I'm going to go... Uh, I'm going to go for nothing Edmonton here because um, I think McDavid and uh, Dreisaitl just layered on and, and pepper uh, pepper on, on the Canucks. It's uh, you, you actually, as soon as I said 2-4, I said 2-4, maybe I'm going to pick the shutout. And Nate, you did a great job. That was a great, great pick. Um, we'll let's see. round out these <laughs> last couple of games, uh, Toronto and Tampa Bay, and then Detroit versus Toronto. So... Toronto at Tampa Bay. Um, I'm just going to go a quick score, score prediction. Just go around the board, and we can um, we'll talk about them more uh, next episode. Uh, <laughs> Nick, what are your what are your uh, thoughts on Toronto, Tampa Bay? Uh, I'm going to say four three Toronto. Four three Toronto. Right. Nate, I'm going to say three uh, two uh, Toronto. I'm going to go two um, one Tampa Bay. Okay. And then uh, Detroit versus Toronto. God, this is a, this is a team. This is a game that's set met, destined for Detroit to lose. But let's just go with it. Uh, Nick, go ahead. This is tough. I really want the ring wings, but I'm going to say five three Toronto. Okay. All right. Nate, I'm going to say uh, one three Toronto. You know, I'm going to go wings. Uh, three two wings. Let's go. Okay. Love it. Love that. Love that. I mean, we Keep do got energy. a lot of sweets. We got a lot of sweets playing in in Toronto, so maybe they'll they'll put on for the city. Yeah, I hope. And uh, <laughs> you know, first first podcast, it can't can't go against the wings in the first pod. Um, yeah, next time, right. this, is, this is again it not an intelligent pick. Heart. It's not an intelligent pick. It's a passion pick. But let's go. I already got my I already got my ring. So um, yeah, listen listen to your heart. Listen to your yeah. heart, Carno. Yep. yep. <laughs> All right. This is a great episode, guys. So. Um, we'll be back, uh, on November, what day, what day we said? November 19th will be our next episode. Um, so mark your calendars, a uh, special shout out to our boy, Ken Shoof, whose birthday is that day. Uh, but, mm-hmm. uh, we'll be gifting him with a second episode for season two of the Gordy Owl hat trick. Um, you know, and, uh, look out for us, but, uh, thanks everyone. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for watching. Hopefully this episode will make it onto YouTube. So thanks everyone. And, uh, we will see you in a month.